You're listening to the Know the Cause podcast with Doug Kaufman. Visit us online at knowthecause.com and join the conversation at facebook.com slash knowthecause. You know, I put a lot of podcasts together here for you. Few as interesting as one you're going to hear right now. You know Dr. John Trowbridge because he and I have done this before. You loved his podcast. He's back with us. Thank you, Dr. Trowbridge, for being here. Thank you, Doug. He is a medical doctor from Houston, Texas, a good buddy of mine for far too many years. Too embarrassing to even tell you. When most of you listening were born, Dr. Trowbridge and I were friends. (laughs) And then a brand new friend we have, what a gifted woman this is, Dr. Ann Shippey is board certified in internal medicine. She's also an engineer. She's got more degrees than a thermometer. Uh, She practices in Austin, Texas, and we just got, Dr. Trowbridge and I just got to interview and and talk with her, and her illness has created the genius that is now helping reverse people's health problems. And I know a lot of you folks listen to a lot of podcasts, and you say, well, you know, I get to hear this all the time. The newest vitamin is curing. The newest procedure is curing. Putting oxygen in my body is curing. But i got to tell you, it's much deeper than all of that. Uh, and these two physicians, we kind of say Dr. Trowbridge paved the way uh, for Dr. Shippey to be able to do this without fear, which is awesome that the two, I wish you had my eyes right now and you could see the two of them <laughs> sitting in a chair together. It's a really beautiful sight. And then two doctors who believe in mold. So Dr. Shippey, I want to start with you. It took you getting sick to help all these patients you're seeing now. Could you expound on that a little bit? Yeah, so uh, it's about six years ago I got very, very sick. And I had heard a little bit about how mold can make the human body sick at a conference a, a year and a half before that and had started becoming somewhat aware. But when I realized that that's what was making me sick, very, very sick, so I was almost to the point where I wasn't able to see patients or take care of my children, um, that's when I really learned it the best because I had to see what worked and what didn't work. There's, there was information at that time that mold could make people sick, but there wasn't very much about treatment. Like, what do you do to get somebody better once you figured out that that was what the problem was? So. Fortunately, I had a lot of background in functional medicine and looking at genes and nutritional status and changing diet and integrating the best of um, allopathic medicine, and I got well Mm. pretty quickly. And you said an engineering background helped a lot there, too. Yes, because with engineering, we we learn to solve problems and integrate information and and, uh, set up hypotheses and see what really works. So that uh, training that I had and that mindset has been amazing. It's incredible insights to the the way that the human body can heal. So when the body has what it really needs to from a nutrition standpoint to run the biochemistry and physiology and it's not being overwhelmed by infection and environmental toxins, it can heal so fully and so quickly. When I say vaginal yeast, you sit there and say, okay, yeah, it's been talked about a long time. When I say eyeball yeast, you raise your eyebrow. Your ophthalmologist would raise his eyebrow. And yet vitreous humor is a liquid. This fungus loves liquid. I think it can develop cataracts. You know, I, I, think, I think fungus has the potential of wrecking havoc on your hair follicles down to your toenails. Dr. John Trowbridge, your take on that. Of course. Uh, what's the question? You've published, as a matter <laughs> of fact. You've published. You know, when Dr. Shippey talks about, you know, so I have an engineering kind of background and stuff, what she's trying to do is to set up 
some observational study where you can say, okay, given these circumstances and this intervention, then what results out of it, rather than from what I think is a lot of clinical medicine point of view, well, we know this does that, therefore, hmm. you know, and, you. And, and they're just jumping to conclusions rather than being willing to challenge the way they're thinking and rather than to be willing to accept something that goes completely differently. But are you the saying then empirically, you can sit across from a patient and say, wow, wait a minute, you're constipated? Wait a minute, you get out of the shower and your skin itches till it bleeds? Wait a minute, you're depressed or you can't remember things? Whoa, look at that, you know. You're saying I can sit with a patient. The, the newer doctors in this field are saying, well, thank you, Dr. Trowbridge, but we want to chart everything so we don't end up sitting in all, you know, in uh, Austin, Texas. She wants to be in Austin, Texas in her building. She doesn't want to be in the Capitol building, you exactly. know, explaining this away. But because you pioneered this, Dr. Trowbridge, she can now do this. Doug, it's even worse than that. My patients will tell, well, my nurses will tell me when they're putting the patients in the room for their new patient visit, uh, we got this one. And, and, and they'll, you know, get started on getting this stuff together for our post-visit education. Sure. It, sure. It's, yeast is so obvious because the poisons are so predictable. But it isn't to your peers. It is invisible to your peers. You say it's obvious because you've been at this for 40 years. Yeah, but I took my blinders off. <laughs> Do they have, Dr. Shippey, you as an internal medicine specialist before this event, did you have, do you feel like you had blinders on now? Do I have blinders no, on did now? You? Did oh, you then? well, I, um, I, when I went to medical school in the first place, I already had my uh, blinders off from getting okay. sick before medical school. So right. I came in knowing that I was looking for answers outside of my traditional MD training. But I wanted to have the MD training as a great foundation because there definitely are times where we wanted to go, return to those roots. And, and there, uh, I wanted to be able to prescribe medications if I want to order an MRI, those kinds of things. Do you two have <laughs> medical doctor peers that you have lunch with or go to a movie with or something? Um, and do you sit there kind of glazed as they talk about, gee, how many people they're having to put on statin drugs now? You know, or, or the side effects of some of these medicines are really scaring your peers, and do you kind of glaze at them and go, duh? You know, Doug, I have, I have gotten so old that I don't care, and I don't go to anything with those doctors ever. <laughs> I, my friends are across the country and around the world. Mm -hmm. We gather for our meetings, and no, we don't have any glaze over on those. We have eye-opening talks, and I go, wait a minute, let me write that down, okay, what, shows, what kind of dose, what test is confirming that for you? And I mean, it's like, we're, we're just moving this science on further and faster. Well, like, and I often have people seeking me out to find out, well, how do, how do I think about things differently? So I really do think that traditional allopathic medicine is starting to change because the, the, uh, it's becoming more accepted and more uh, uh, asked for by patients. Like, patients really want other answers, so they're, they're coming to their doctors and asking the questions, and then the doctors are going and starting to look for answers a lot of times as really well. Really, the preamble to the entire allopathic medical model is we the people, in order to feel better, want to stop running from doctor to doctor to doctor. <laughs> yes. Now, Dr. Shippey, uh, you, I know, see probably far too many patients. I, I know you do, John, <laughs> but I know uh, she does also. Has there been patients that come to see you for a problem 
you sit with them for an hour and a half, you know, both of you, and then other problems they were seeing other doctors for tend to resolve also? Yes, and that's one of the fun things because they'll come in and they'll say, oh yeah, my joint pain's gone, or I'm sleeping better now, or you know, I haven't had a migraine headache in six months. <laughs> you know, so when we're addressing the main problem that they come into, they're getting their bodies into better balance. So a lot of the, the symptoms that they weren't even gonna tell me about in the first place, but because I am spending time with them come out uh, in the interview, are also getting better and to me those are clues those little side things are often clues about what else we need to do to get their bodies optimized so Dr. Trowbridge talks about these localized yeast problem ringworm the classic one and by the way isn't that contagious isn't it interesting we're saying I read an article the other day that said is cancer contagious ho 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 you know they're all laughing and I'm thinking well ringworm is to that extent <laughs> if, right. if yeast is involved in uh, in cancer then it is you, so you talk about these localized, but you call them systemic yeast or systemic. When you have an infection, you have an infection. So, you know, take care of the local problem. But be suspicious that it might be more deeply seated, especially in the gut. It can be in other organs as well, but it's such a great place to live in the gut. It's wet, wild, wonderful, dark, and nobody's Warm. suspicious of it, okay? Mm -hmm. And the whole point of this is what I call the spider web theory of medicine. You pull on one part of the web and the whole web jiggles and so all these different symptoms are showing up in this system and that and the other and and the reason that the doctors aren't fixing it when they're on this medical merry-go-round is they're not looking for the cause. Mm -hmm. They're putting a fancy band-aid on. But when you know the cause, when you can treat what is there actually causing it. I, I tell patients, I'm going to tell you a story. The closer it gets to what's actually going on to you, the better chance we have to really get you better. And if it doesn't resonate right with you, tell me. But they'll, they'll just sit there and go, uh-huh, yep, right, uh-huh. And you go, you know, how, they, how, did I, how did I know that? Well, been around this block a couple times, okay? That's the way the human body works. We're very clear now in a lot of understanding with the inflammation process, with how the infection converts to being much more sinister by damaging the metabolism and what we're going to have to do to get you better. What role might yeast, <clears throat> fungi, mycotoxins, folks, uh, for those of you just listening for the first time, yeast are single-celled uh, fungal organisms, right? And, and fungi are multi-celled. And then we have a poison made by these fungi and yeast, in the case of gliotoxin, the poison made by candida. Um, we have a poison called a myco. Myco means fungus, like mycology means a study of fungus. Toxin, a fungal poison. So what role do these uh, fungal poisons play in our endocrine system? If I can ask both of you that, and here's why I ask. What did we not learn from the Women's Health Initiative back a few years ago, right? Women were taking estrogen and progesterone prescription, and by the way, Primarin, pregnant mare urine, right. believe it or not. Right. And we did this study to sell more drugs, and something happened in the middle of it, right? We had to stop it abruptly because the women were having strokes and cardiac events. They were and dying. They were dying. Right. And so we conjured up this image of these great drugs selling more of them by doing this research. And in fact, dare I use the word hoax, doctors, <laughs> didn't, doctors didn't know this, but they were inadvertently hurting women more than they were helping, and so it was stopped. But remember why hormone replacement women was uh, hormone replacement was given to women in the first place. One of the reasons was to increase their sexuality. Right now, what we have is low T, 
and that means testosterone. And I'm reading some of these reports. This is just another endocrine gland, the, the gonads, Correct. just another endocrine gland. And I'm reading some of these reports that 20-year-old men's low T, uh, their testosterone's under something, 400, and so they need to be treated. They're sometimes under 150. Really? Oh, I mean, it's just, it's I've never tested mine. All I know is, look, I'm fine. And the bottom line is they're selling us on this now in these clinics. Mm -hmm. And if they're using natural things, I don't really have a problem with that because natural things are antifungal. But if they're using medicines, what did we not learn from the Women's Health Initiative? So, Dr. Shippey, can the endocrine system blow out from these mycotoxins in your body? Absolutely. And when you, and when you talk about endocrine system, that's even beyond you know, the traditional things that we think about as being an endocrine system, so beyond the th thyroid and beyond the ovaries and testicles, the, the pituitary, hypothalamus, when I do the testing at that even greater depth of looking at the hormonal system, I see tremendous imbalances happening in patients that are exposed to either fungus in their body or the environmental molds uh, in the indoor air environment. I bet when you do those tests, and you then turn to the patient and you say, could I ask you about brain fog? Their mouths just drop open. I didn't exactly. tell you about that, right? right? Wow. Right. It's pretty phenomenal. I have a fun story to share. A, a 23 year old man who came to see me recently, um, when, we, when I first saw him, his testosterone level, 23 year old was 130. You know, it should wow. be 800. Wow. There you go. <laughs> and within two months, uh, his, his testosterone was up in the 400s. Two so months just, of what um, now? Your antifungal? Yes, we did the whole thing, you know, changed his diet. Did uh, you prescribe antifungals? Mm -hmm, and prescribed antifungals because we found evidence of a, of a I, I like to see the data, so we found, we found evidence of <laughs> What do you call yourself? A geek, which is a scientist <laughs> geek, right? Which is My great. favorite thing is to right. wake up and read new research <laughs> studies in the morning <laughs> before I even get out of bed. <laughs> but uh, it's tremendous, again, how the hormonal system can repair itself, you know, somebody else might have just given him some testosterone to say, hey, you know. Exactly. Or how <laughs> but, about that weekend, you know, <laughs> and then you're back to Monday. Exactly, but by repairing his gut, by re uh, treating the the fungal infection in his body, very quickly his body started healing. He looked like a different person in two months. Treating versus fixing. Yeah. Oh, exactly. I see the allopathic model as a treatment, and the gig is up pretty soon. I see this keeping your cholesterol under, you know, 200 for four hours at a time as long as you'll swallow this pill, which, by the way, systemically might be wrecking you. Uh, and the jury's might out. Be. Yeah, might it's be. definitely. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> you two are of one accord on that. It's just so, I can't believe as I'm doing this podcast and sharing this with you guys, I wish you have my mouth, right? You can hear me. I wish you could have my eyes and see these two fresh, amazing people that are fixing the problem. So endocrine, same with you, you Dr. Turbridge? It's a really simple concept. Of, and, and the thing that bothers me most, I think, is because Dr. Shippey's smart. She's a, she's a doctor, okay? Well, but I'm a doctor, and, and there's a bunch of other doctors, okay? Why the hell don't the other doctors get it? The patients do. There are three kingdoms, plant kingdom, animal kingdom, fungus kingdom. The plant kingdom takes sunlight, makes energy. The animal kingdom eats the plants to get the energy. It eats other animals that ate the plants. The fungus kingdom eats the other two. So when you talk about mycotoxins, the deliberate attempt, and this, this is not accidental. This is evolutionarily brilliant, okay? Mm -hmm. 
the and especially with Canada because we've studied that a lot. That's the major one. It puts out poisons, mycotoxins that damage very specific what I call pinch points in the metabolism. If I just pinch here, all of that stops. Okay, yeah. and we don't get any of the desirable result. So it puts out these poisons that are pinch pointing through your metabolism. If you pinch point a hormone, the fun part of this in terms of making a happy meal out of you, okay, is I tell patients, look, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a little example. I flip off the light switch in the exam room and I go, ooh, it's dark. And they go, you know, I go, did the power plant blow up? Well, uh, uh, no. Did the transmission line fall down? No. Did the transformer outside blow off the, the, the pole? No. I said, it's just a little switch. It's just as dark as if something dramatic happened. And that's why those toxins are after those hormones, because that one little flip starts making lots of changes inside you. They, they can recycle you faster. That's just a Mobetta situation. They're a real happy meal now. They're just doing their job. Ahead of the time, you get dead. You use that switch with uh, you know, amazing poise. Uh, <clears throat> here's the switch. You and I talked about this. I'd like to have Dr. Shippey address this. What I teach huge number of viewers every day is we may not own an off-on switch. I may not be able to take your lymphoma and switch it off, but we do own a volume control. Yes. I think we can turn, all you gotta do is a little beer, right? A little uh, <laughs> partying, a little cake, a little pizza, and you can turn that volume way up. Conversely, and I did this, I did this early in my career, 45 years ago, because I wanted to drink a beer. Darn it, I was 22 years old, I was in the war, and it helped calm the savage beast. Mm -hmm. So I'd turn the volume way up, so Saturday morning I'd get up, I'd be irritable with my girlfriend, I'd be ugly, I'd be nasty, I, bowels didn't work, you know. Or by Monday, which I had to be back at the hospital, way down, turn it down to one or two because I'd stop eating that way, I'd behave, I'd feel much better, we'd go on a fun date, we'd hold hands and so forth. So what I'm hearing from you two though is, look, with a deeper mycosis, with a deeper fungal problem, it's likely, we have living proof, proof here with Dr. Shippey, it's likely that you'll hear that the switch goes off. Mm -hmm. Now do you have to live a certain way or could you have a couple glasses of wine, some birthday cake, a pizza, and not have the volume go back I just up? just had a birthday. <laughs> 22 is a good year. It is a good year. Yeah. So, um, I, you know, it's always just a trade-off, right? So I know that there are certain things that in, dramatically impact how I'm going to feel. And so it's, it's uh, to me, it's what's worth it, right? So I know that... What I do to put in my body is going to dramatically affect my microbiome. So that may be a term that your listeners mm -hmm. are hearing a lot of. So that those are the organisms in our body, the bacteria, the yeast, the parasites that actually have a role in what our immune system does, how well we detoxify, our brain chemistry. So much of our body is related to that. So every time I'm making these decisions, I'm thinking, okay, how is this, this going to affect those pounds of organisms in my body um, that way outnumber my, the number of my cells? How's that going to impact it? And sometimes it's worth it to have a little bit of a birthday cake. Totally agree. <laughs> totally agree. But 
but on a day-to-day -day basis, I would rarely choose that because I want to be putting the things in my body that are going to keep my immune system really strong, keep me detoxifying, and keep that mi microbiome safe. In the 1970s, the patients at Dr. Godshock's office I worked at used to come in and they'd look at me, they'd sit in the waiting room, and they didn't say hi when they saw my, you know, they'd come in and they say, I cheated. And I taught them, <laughs> just like Dr. Shippey said today, I taught them this. No, you didn't. You challenged. And you were very successful. Um, it brought back symptoms. So do you know how to turn those symptoms down? Yeah, and I'm going to because, man, I don't feel good. Isn't that awesome? You know, what I do notice in patients and in myself at times, though, is once your body gets out of balance, sometimes it's really hard. <laughs> exactly. <to get laughs> exactly. That's right. Be, and that's because the organisms in our bodies, especially those pounds of bacteria in our, our gut and the yeast, actually can drive our behavior. Oh, yes. And it's, uh, there's great animal studies oh, on yes. this. So, so sometimes what I'll have to do is what I call the shippy soup diet, where I <laughs> eat a pot or I make a pot of soup that I know is going to last for a few days with, yep. with meat and vegetables, and I, don't, I take the choice out of it, and I just live on that pot of soup. And sometimes the second one, you know, it's three to six days to get back into balance. So that then, I, then I, I'm back in charge of my decision-making again. You know what, Dr. Sherwood? <laughs> you know, Doug, I, yeah. I call that getting religion. Yeah. Is yeah. that, you know, you're doing really well. And I tell all the patients, you're going to get religion. They go, what do you mean? Um, well, you're feeling really good because the program's helping you. And on a Friday, you know, they have a little retirement party at work or something. And, a, and then on Saturday, you go out to lunch with a girlfriend and you kind of, you know, have a right. little something Glass extra. Wine, yeah. And uh, then on Sunday, there's a little social after church. And, and you're doing fine till Monday morning you wake up dead. And I go, you have just gotten a religion. You have proven to yourself who's in charge, okay? And now the choice is yours. And, and you don't have to choose to be healthy. That's okay. It's not my problem. It's your problem. But I will guide and direct you on all the right things to learn how to do for your future. Yeah, you, you and I, Dr. Trowbridge and Dr. Shippey, have to show up Monday morning. I'm thinking of you two sitting in a room with a brand new patient who is totally judging you. <laughs> Everything from the clothing you're wearing to how eloquently you're speaking to what you might order for them. You're kind of doing this dance. Does this patient want medicine or herbs? You know, and I have to be on TV, you know, so we don't have the luxury of Sunday night chugging down a couple of beers, you know, like we did way back at one time. And I think, and this is where I want to go with this question. What is it about the aging process that seems so unforgiving? When I was 23 <laughs> years old, I went to the hospital on Monday, and even though Sunday I had a beer or two, uh, and I could work, and I'm seeing that. Three of them. What happens as we age where we can't tolerate that piece of cake? I turn it down. I just went to a wedding last weekend. Didn't have a bite of wedding cake, an alcoholic drink, nothing, because I knew I got to be back at work. Oh, I just have to tell you, I just turned 53. That kind of blows <laughs> me away. Wow. I don't buy that. I don't either. <laughs> no. I and thought 43. I, I actually feel better now at 53 than I did in my 20s. So yes, there's this aging process, but I wanted to. I want people to know that. We don't have to buy into this. And if your doctor says, oh, that's just because you're getting older, don't buy that. You should feel as good into your 50s, 60s, 70s, hopefully 80s and right. 90s um, 
if, you, if you're doing the right thing for your body. Now we do have, there's a, a test that I run sometimes that, uh, that people want to know to look at telomeres. Mm -hmm. So the telomeres are kind of what uh, operate the genes, right? And so, and they do shorten as we age, but they're, it's really been fun to look at how does changing your diet, how does changing, you know, really making sure that all your nutrients are, and antioxidants are getting into your body, how can that actually affect your telomere length? So, you know, basic, fundamental operation at every cell level. We get, we get to hear her talk about that. Oh, yes. On Sunday. But, <laughs> but you know what's really nice? Because, you know, she's talking about functional medicine studies, which it, it sounds funny, but it just means how you function on mm -hmm. the inside, which is different than how you're sick on the inside, which is what, you know, all the medicine doctors Allopathic. talk about, okay? Right. And so what she's talking about is aging operating as a disease happening one day at a time. Now you can accelerate that so that someone who's 50 might look 60. Someone who's 50 might look 40. So what's that 20 year difference? That's how well they've kept their metabolism functioning. Yes. And that means toxic metals, toxic chemicals, the yeast toxins, the, the nutritional deficiencies, the stress challenges in their lives, whether they're getting good rest, it, it, you just go Isn't through the whole sleep list. amazing? There's oh. so many good studies oh, that have yeah. come out on Absolutely. sleep. Like that, don't shortcut your sleep. Absolutely. <laughs> and we kind of knew that, Dr. Shippey. I mean, we know after two nights, you have kids, right? We All of us raise kids in those Boy. nights. <laughs> yeah, well, and I did uh, med school and residency pregnant well, with while the young, she was pregnant. Yeah, so that, if I had known about sleep, I might, how important that was <laughs> at that time. <laughs> I might queen. have made some different <laughs> changes. Okay, as we, finally, I want to address this uh, on this podcast. And, and thank you again both for being here. I mean, this is extraordinary. What you folks are learning on this, you will not hear elsewhere, I promise you. I have a friend who has cancer, and he was told uh, by the oncologist, who's a good guy, um, that by the time I could feel that in your testicle, it's probably been there six to eight years. There are a younger audience listening to this right now and kind of haphazardly saying, well, that applies to these old people. 53, you antique. And John, you got to be 58 or something. I'm so, a bit more antique than that, right. So, so could you counsel based on uh, the 20 and 30 something listening to this right now probably isn't going to make an appointment and come in and see you because at that age, like them, I was invincible. I didn't need a doctor. Could you guide those young'uns along to better understand the disease John, process? It's so easy because what you have is somebody who hasn't disintegrated too much. So all the resources can be marshaled to get them better faster, easier, and, and so much more long-term better because they change their outlook and that changes their habits and that changes their functions on the inside. And, and then you don't have to worry so much about, you know, documenting how bad the functions have, have disintegrated because they haven't. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Well, I do think we're seeing increased risk for can like we're seeing colon cancer and 20-year-olds. I mean, I used to never think about that as a, when somebody comes Absolutely. in with digestive issues. Right. So what I would say to the, the younger folks out there is that we're living in a more and more toxic environment. And uh, so I think it's really important to take those precautions with really being aware of the environment that you're putting your body into with the food that you're yes. putting in, um, the, even the, the body product 
products that yep. you're using, the type of mattress that you're sleeping on, all those kinds of things really right. start to have an awareness oh, around yes. those kinds of things. And um, eat your vegetables <laughs> oh, yes. uh, so, yep. that, so that your body actually works better to handle this more toxic environment that See, we're living in Anne today. Anne is too young as a doctor, okay? <laughs> right. But you and I saw this in our career. We used to see people in their 70s and 80s who were sick. Sure. Then 60s and 70s. Then 50s and 60s. 40s and 50s. We're getting way too many now in the 30s. You don't have that mm -hmm. dramatic drop and just like, wait a minute, what's going on here? Yeah. So, but I would say, you know, uh, See, I graduated in, in <laughs> 1999. So, yeah, so I, in the last 15 years, you started to see it. I, yep. if you, if I look at the age and acuity of patients uh, over that period of time, people are getting sicker, quicker, sicker, younger. Sicker, quicker, younger. Absolutely. So, and um, but if, if you can catch them, you win. Right. You. The the message to the viewers is, uh, or the audience is, that you can take some control over what happens to you. So Absolutely. your day-to-day -day choices can make significant impact. And I love what you said about even thinking, it, being aware of your thoughts and how you think about the world and the environment that you're, the friends that you choose and the oh environment that you that you <laughs> put yourself in Critical. can have. We know now the neuroendocrine immune system that those things can significantly impact your health. One of my lab directors wrote the first paper on mind-body medicine. Oh. And, and I tell people, well, you know, mind-body, and they might have heard of it. And I go, well, it's not, it's not really like that. You know, put your hand over your head. That's mind, and then there's brain, and then bring it down. There's body. I go, but it's, it's more complicated. I put my hand even higher, and I go, there's spirit. Yes. And then just above your head, there's mind, then your brain, and coming down, there's your immune system, then your body. And if we get those in alignment, it's easy to fix almost everything. Yes, and that having that whole connection gives you faith and hope. Absolutely. Well, that is so from. critical. It springs wellness. eternal from you, not from outside. From I'm, like, uh, I'm like Beautifully Dr. Said. Shippey in that um, I get up in the morning and begin looking at papers. <laughs> Here's what's <laughs> happened to me. He's talking about rolling papers. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what's happened to me. I can honestly say I had a fair relationship with God years ago, and then I read in 2002 something called a Theopedia. It's kind of an encyclopedia of religion, or the gospel, and it said that Old Testament yeast is present-day sin, and I started thinking, wow, that's right, and it said in the books of David, you know, books of Moses, I'm sorry, in the Old Testament, there are 32 references to the derogatory word yeast. Don't be like the yeast of the Pharisees. You know, don't be like that. It has turned me into the guy with the question mark over his head to an absolute firm believer that when you and I and Dr. Trowbridge look at human bodies and physiology, I don't know if we could evolve from a seashell. You know, I, I don't think so. So it's really opened my eyes big. And I, I want to close this most remarkable, dare I say, epic podcast by saying this. We were talking about the younger people. The counsel has to be this. You both have studied for long, long times yeast, mold, mildew, fungus, and the poisons they make. And I want to teach you as we say goodbye to the younger audience a little bit about this poison. And I ended one of Dr. Trowbridge's segments with this. Always remember the rest of your life that penicillium is just a mold. 
that serendipitously was discovered to help people with bacterial infections. And what it came from that mold into a poison. The poison penicillium makes, we call penicillin. The poison brewer's yeast makes, the mold brewer's yeast, is called alcohol. So if you're a young person, 20, 30, 15, 40, listening to this right now, just know that the damage done by antibiotics isn't obvious. If you took a week's worth and your left ear fell off, okay, we got a problem with penicillin, <laughs> you know, in, in America today. That's more the right ear, but anyway, <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's, I was trying to be serious. Okay, good. It's, it's, it's much deeper than that. The nudity of your intestine, of your terrain, the now gone bacteria, antibiotics are indiscriminate bacteria killers, you're now naked of good bacteria in your intestine that make up your immune system. With that gone, the yeast that compete for a food supply grow tails and start moving out mycelium phase fungus through the intestine. They can poke holes in the intestine. That's probably why you develop food allergy, okay? So just know that the antibiotics you took when you were younger are gonna catch up with you at some time, I believe, and the alcohol you're now consuming, cut back on it. I'm a guy who didn't. You know, my 30s were a blur. And I regret it because as I age, I realize that those mycotoxins have formed Doug Kaufman at this age. Can I just say, I sure. think that the uh, information out that's uh, promoting drinking red wine is, uh, is a mistake for exactly the reasons that you're talking about, that, um, <laughs> that uh, it changes the... Um, so many things with the microbiome. Oh, yes. uh, the data that looks at the risk for breast cancer in women yep. is is uh, very clear that as you drink more alcohol over the uh, daily and increase the dose, it uh, dramatically increases that risk. So one of the things that we can do to prevent breast cancer is to not drink alcohol. Thank you. And, and yet the American Heart, American Lung, American Cancer, American Neurological Association, all the American right. say, Two drinks a day, probably. Wait a minute, are they and counseling the, uh, the American doctors to <laughs> recommend all that? Oh, the I see. The amount of mm. antioxidant, the resveratrol that you get from a glass of red wine yes. is not take enough to be active. So it's much better to take a very high quality substance or a supplement. You need the high quality. Um, but, and then resveratrol or other antioxidants, and then again, just eating a really clean, healthy diet um, is so much more powerful than having the alcohol without the increased risk. Dr. Uh, Trowbridge, I'll give you the last word. Thank you, Dr. Shippey. I'm just seconding everything she said. You need vegetables, some fruits, but lots of vegetables. The whole point is that the rainbow color selection is telling you which different bioflavonoids are in those foods. And you know, one of the problems in nutritional medicine is we focus on a thing and go, oh, that, that's it. But what about all the other things decorating inside that? That are synergistic. That work together with this and maybe are the most important parts for this or that. It's like, you know, Lipitor, quote, lowering cholesterol, but I think the more important part is that it's killing fungus. We don't always identify what the thing is that we want done. And so we miss the boat and we, we go off on a tangent and you know, the, the problem with that is, is that we're given bad advice. The good advice is eat healthy foods, keep healthy thoughts, get enough sleep, love everybody because you know what, we, we need to be much more forgiving. That's, you know, in, in the Lord's mm -hmm. Prayer, that's the only demand, you know, that, that, you know, 
forgive others than you get forgiveness. Right. Wow. And finally, uh, by the way, when I was doing my cancer research, chlorophyll is covered in the Journal of Chemotherapy. Guess what's chemoprotective? (laughs) And guess what you can buy in any health food store? Chlorophyll. But you get it. It's also a chelator. It's a chelator. Right. And that would make sense mm-hmm. because it absorbs mycotoxins from our body and you can get it in the health food store or from green leafy vegetables. You guys rock. This was uh, one of, this will go down in history as one of my favorite podcasts we've ever done. That was so much just, fun. Just love <laughs> being with both of you. Thank you for your hearts. Thank you for what you're doing for all these patients. Thank you for listening to the Know the Cause podcast with Doug Kaufman. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to give us a five-star rating on iTunes or tell a friend. For more, visit us online at knowthecause.com or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash knowthecause.